1: And now, it's time to get to work.
2: Well, Broncos country is in for some great crack today, as we have Michael McQuaid from Broncos Europe and the Irish NFL show, which are both separate podcasts, but both of which every Broncos fan should check out. You can follow him at Michael C E U R on Twitter and... For the first time, we welcome in Michael. Welcome to the show, Michael.
1: Lads, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for bringing me on.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been kind of a fun thing to watch. And I I, we, I always says we had Column on before. Um, he was he was great on the show. And Ian was telling me, and I'm I'm gonna throw Ian under the bus a little bit here. Sorry, Ian. I can't I can't wait to do this. <laughs> he said when Column came on, he he said you know he's got a he's got a thick accent, thick Irish accent. You know we'll be fine. He said when Michael comes on he's got a very thick accent you might have to like sort of i was like i got you i can handle the i can handle the accents if necessary <laughs> so if if one of us says huh just keep running i good no worries
1: oh yeah like look personally for me i think com's accent is shocking in, in comparison to mine but look of course if if you don't understand anything just say look we haven't a clue and, and we'll go on but look this has happened a lot there's been players looking at us like what are you talking about so it happens a lot it's all good
2: all right, so yeah, I think it's hilarious that Adam threw me under the bus. I couldn't, so. I
0: couldn't resist. Ian didn't know I was going to do that either. I just, I did not. Just but it's hilarious.
2: His. I tried. I, I, I've watched enough of Outlander where I think I have it figured out. I mean, it, it, it's Scottish and Irish, but it's still thick accent. So it, I'm getting better.
1: I mean, like I can't even describe my accent. It's a bit like Roy McIlroy's. But then Roy McElroy now lives in Miami. So it's like he's lost his accent almost. But it's a very weird country in a sense. If you go five, five miles or ten kilometers down the road, everybody's got a different accent. So yeah, you might sound like this ten miles down the road, but then up here it's like it's just it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> it doesn't take long to change the accent. All right, so I always ask this question as well of people who I think, I think football fans, American football fans have this notion that American football is, is ours, right? It's a, it's an American sport. Uh, I, you know, I spent a year living in Europe and didn't watch any football. This was back in uh, 99 and 2000. Uh, and so I didn't know anybody who knew anything about football, but then you, you talk to people like yourself who are huge football fans. Where does that come from? when really the sport that you should be loving is soccer or hurling or, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many other options in Europe, but you've landed on American football.
1: You're completely right. I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm a massive soccer or like, I guess we, we call it football, but it's even more messed up here in Ireland. Gaelic football is football. Soccer is soccer. And then American football, yeah, that's a whole different conversation. But uh, yeah, look, I'm a massive soccer fan. Of course I am. That's for me that, is i guess europe's sport to an extent and uh, why am i an american football fan never mind a broncos fan for a start uh, college that's the honest answer college uh, late nights um and then it suddenly became very evident to me you know obviously you get football around your soccer around europe until about nine or ten at night and then suddenly wow there's these guys in pods playing like what i would call like hardcore rugby so i we, we just got into it and then uh, it all just sort of started there. But, like, for me, I never really took it seriously. So, for example, the first game I actually watched was, um, was it the Saints against the Colts in the Super Bowl? 2009, I'm correct?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. That yeah. Yep. Uh, was my first year in uni. I'm embarrassed now because that didn't seem too long for me. That's, like, a lifetime ago. But uh, got, got into it there, and then I actually just spent that offseason just researching different teams and going, right, I'm going I'm gonna- to I'm gonna, get into this, thinking that I'll get into it for a couple of weeks, and, you know, nothing will come of it, but sure look at me now 12 years later i mean it worked out in, in that sense
0: right and i believe we've heard it called a Col- column calls it an affliction is it an affliction for you as well where you you like you can't you can't miss it you're up all hours that kind of thing
1: oh yeah like yeah like it doesn't matter who's playing on thursday night i'll be lying in bed at, so the game on thursday night here is at like 1 one twenty, one thirty. 20 it starts out here So for me, my rule usually is: if it's at midnight, I can struggle through it. So for example, that odds game, like the odds games, are usually about midnight or so. I can struggle through that, but man, if it's well back in the day now when they were bad, but if it was the Browns against the Bengals or the Jags against, I guess the Browns, (laughs) I would watch it on Thursday night football. I'd be like, right, I'm watching this football's back for the week. Yeah, I man, I I watch Anaheim, but we're quite sort of we're sort of spoiled here. So like for example. We get Red Zone for free and cable and stuff, and we, we get a, a lot of games on. Um, and then, obviously, we're very spoiled because we've got four games a year in London, which is, I mean, I can understand why Americans would be annoyed at that because that's a whole different conversation, I think, for a different podcast. <laughs> in terms mad. of the Broncos,
2: before we get into the current iteration of it, what is your favorite Broncos moment since you became a fan?
1: Oof. Well, the reason I became a fan was Tebow against the Jets. Uh, which is going to sound ridiculous, but that's a whole different conversation. Uh- no, that's
0: a that's a great reason. I mean, that,
1: <laughs> T- Tebow Mania, and and
0: listen, just to not to cut you off, but people who listen to this podcast know how I feel about Tim Tebow, and I I have no affection for him. He was, I think, he was a terrible quarterback. I I, I can't stand the guy. But Tebow mania was incredible, and so I I think you're right to to talk about that Jets game in particular. I, go for it.
1: I, you know I can't even. I, I just remember my, my, my reaction when we won the game. I was just going, this is class. And then I had actually read up on the Broncos the previous, like I said about reading up in the off season, and obviously Pat Bowden, uh what he'd done for the game internationally. So it was very much in my mind, and I was watching previous Super Bowls, was aware about all and stuff, and I was like, do you know what? Right, I'm going to go buy a Thibaut jersey. And um, <laughs> that was a good decision to make. I got charged 40 bucks in customs. And uh, look, I I was all in. Um, obviously, as well. Like you know, you're ta- you're asking again about the, my my favorite moment. For me, it's not even. It's not Santa Clara for me. It's in my lifetime of being a Broncos fan. It's Roby against the Patriots. That moment when I, I like honestly, like I've seen my like soccer teams or different teams get to the pinnacle of their sport, and it means like the world. But that was like. On, I, I wish I was at the stadium because you could like I was sitting in Spain in a bar watching it and you could hear the noise. It could it's just immeasurable. But that that moment, I think whenever the ball was tipped and, and he intercepted, it, I was like ecstatic. But once it actually calmed down for me, I was like, man, we're winning this Super Bowl. Like there's like I don't care how many points Cam Newton's gonna score against the Cardinals. So that that's how I got it. Like that that's how I got that. That's to be honest, my favorite moment so far. I hope uh, we can have half as good a moment as that next year, I pray. Half. Let's
2: flip it around a little bit. What has been the worst moment?
1: Oh. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Right. So I want to confirm this. Just let me know if I'm wrong here. 2017 was the year that we could blew out against the Eagles, yeah? Yes.
0: Yes. 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 That sounds
1: right. I was sitting – I drove over to my friend's house and me and him, he's a big Patriots fan, were going to Sunday Night Football or it was a game at, I don't know, it was going to say 9.25 or 2.25 Mountain the following Sunday. So I packed my bags, drove over to his house because we were going to Dublin Airport straight after Sunday Night Football. And I'm watching the Broncos get destroyed by the Eagles thinking to myself, I'm about to get a flight. To Vegas here. I go into to Denver in two days, and I have to go and watch this. I, that 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 Eagles moment for me was just it was it had to be the worst. It was it was almost that realization of we're not that team anymore, and it hurt very badly. It took me a long time to get over that. To be honest,
0: yeah, that was uh, I, I think that's a that's a good one because that was a moment where we're sort of post Super Bowl two thousand fifteen, feeling like we can you we you, we they're gonna turn it around. They're gonna turn it around. That that game. You're right. It was one where you go. Oh, they're not they're not gonna turn it around. We're just gonna keep driving straight here. To turn left or something, fellas. Yeah, it's been uh it's been a rough few years. We've been talking about that a lot. And so I, I guess that what that really leads us into this offseason, knowing where the Broncos were sort of projected to be in the 2020 season, with sort of the the high hopes around Drew Locke and what he had done with the last few games of the 2019 season. And the fact that it sort of felt like, you know, another year with Vic Fangio, the defense is pretty good. Now we've got Drew Locke, we've got these young weapons. 2020 to me was a pretty huge letdown. I don't think I I am sort of saying anything that's shocking, but now going into the 2021 season as we are here in the offseason, what are your thoughts on what's happening in Broncos country and with the Denver Broncos? And. All the rumors around what's going on with the quarterback situation. Like, are you someone who feels like they should just be rolling with Locke and seeing if they can make it work, or are you hoping, like, like many of us out there, that they just, just, just do what they can to bring in a guy like a Deshaun Watson?
1: You've touched on so many points there. Like, you know, talking about last season being a massive uh, letdown. I was at the Bears game the year before that, Flacco. I mean, I thought it couldn't get worse than that, to be honest like flying out there for that La- last season was very disappointing uh, it really really was for I'm not will going to start that there but going into the season and what we expect I'm very much in my head changing my mind about the quarterback situation every day part of me feels like Lock deserves a normal season like a non a non-COVID season where he actually has enough time to prep but the reality is that's not going to happen this year. Like it's gonna—I personally think the NFL is going to be virtual to the hilt. I think there won't be any London games, um, which would be funny because that will be the second year in a row where the Broncos do the play, and it's going to be hit for us. Um, but then as well, you know, does Locke deserve seven or eight games? Because if he—if we give him that time, and he plays well or shows another level, that he can go to then it may have worked. But the reality is if he doesn't do that, and it doesn't look like he is going to do that at the minute, then why would we waste another season? If you're going to bring somebody like Peyton in on a five, six-year deal, then why sit there with Drew Locke? Or at least at least bring a veteran in. I would be, at the minute, I, I guess I'll talk about the Sean Watson that, you know, properly in a second, but I personally think they'll bring a veteran in. I would be shocked if they go out and drafting another quarterback i mean I, I don't think i don't think any of us will forget the night that the broncos went for paxton lynch i mean that was great crack like boys i'm not gonna lie that was a good laugh that night but i just can't see the broncos going out and drafting a quarterback in the draft so you can soundbite that in two months time when that happens but um <laughs> right now i mean i i think you'll see do you know what if you give me fitzpatrick because fitz is loved over here like uk ireland he really and it's not the beard anything, it's I would. I wouldn't mind seeing Fitzpatrick have a go. I mean, he's not an elite quarterback to the sense he's going to take you to the Super Bowl next year or something. But I, I want the Broncos to bring somebody in that's going to make Drew Locks up and go. Oh, okay, right. It's it's now or never because if you give him the time, look look at look at what Josh Allen's done. Like I, and the Bills have seriously impressed me this year or I guess last year now. But I guess time will tell.
0: So you're you're all in on a little mile high fits magic. That's that's your thought there. Okay. I like There's that. There's
1: your storyline there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Michael McQuaid wants <laughs> Mile High fits Magic. Yeah. I'm trademarking Mile High fits Magic, by the way. I've been been waiting to say it on the show for a while so I could drop a trademark on that. I, I I think I would if if the Broncos I'm gonna sort of jump in on that there, if the Broncos were unable to acquire a Deshaun Watson through trade, because I've made no uh no secret about where my feelings are. I want them to try and get Deshaun Watson. I would be happy if they traded for Russell Wilson. I would be ecstatic if they traded for pretty much anybody at this point, but if they can't, I think you're right. I think a a, a veteran quarterback to push drew lock is the better way to go than to try and draft somebody. Like I don't, I don't see them trading up in the draft to get one of the top quarterbacks. And I don't see any of those top quarterbacks falling to nine anyway. So yeah, mile high fits magic and drew lock. If it's not Deshaun Watson, you know, Deshaun Watson would be the preference there.
1: Yeah. Uh, Look, Ian, I can't remember what you said last week on our show. I'm at the point now where I'm thinking, like, like, you literally wake up in the morning here. And, of course, Colorado's going to bed with a time difference. And you're seeing everybody sit in bed laughing, like, let's get Deshaun. And I'm going, oh, man, let's get him. Like At this point, I would sell the farm. I'm just going to be honest. Like, why not give... Uh, I've seen a trade that was on pro football. focus. pro football focus are all over the Broncos at the minute. I see all these, like, memes and stuff. I've seen a trade last night where, like, it's is a Bradley Chubb? A first rounder this year, a second rounder this year, maybe a first rounder the year after and a second rounder the year after, and potentially somebody else. You're hearing whisperings of maybe the Texans looking somebody like Noah Fant. <sighs> I mean... I like Noah. I, I I don't know, I I would love to see Deshaun come to us in a way where it suited us all, you know. But it's gonna be very interesting and, and, and I think something that's like it will set the marker for this whole like, for the, for for this whole period, but I don't know like what's gonna happen with this whole Deshaun Watson situation. Like I think it, it's either gonna happen very quickly or else he's gonna hold out for a year. Who knows what's gonna happen?
2: That that's the whole point. Like I said on your guys' show last week, it. I, I have the feeling like I did with Peyton Manning, where it just feels like it's going to happen. And I, I joke that, I don't know if that's because I were so starved for great quarterback play that we're reaching out for any possible hope. But there is a difference. Like Peyton Manning was a free agent. Deshaun Watson is a member of the Texans. He has a no trade clause, but the Texans have to start fielding calls for there to be any kind of movement in that direction and it seems like they're not in that mode yet. So, but I, I, like I said with you, it just, it feels like this is going to happen and whether or not it does, we'll see. But I, I, I think that's, that's where everyone is at. And we've talked about sports betting and sports betting is obviously you've joked, uh, on your show in the past, that you can literally bet on anything in Europe. <laughs> what do you make of sportsbooks like FanDuel and Betfred, which is based out of England? Um, what do you make of the sportsbooks making the Broncos the favorite to get Deshaun Watson?
1: Yeah, I was honestly, like, and I know it's it's intriguing to see how sportsbooks are growing, especially in Colorado at the moment, especially because over here it's ingrained in every... Aspect of sport, believe me, it really is. Um, over here at the minute, he's 13 to 8 on. I have no idea what that means in your odds, but he is he's odds on to be, to be playing for the Broncos. Now, the last time we spoke, spoke Ian, he was odds on, albeit quite close to the Broncos, odds on to be staying in Houston. That is that's shocking. I can't believe that. So maybe it's making me start to feel like that there. But to see, obviously, you're talking about Bedford there and seeing DraftKings as well, starting to obviously mention the Broncos. There has to be some smoke behind that fire. It can't just be about how much people are waging on it. I, I think there there is some, like, there obviously is always going to be that talk behind the scenes in the off season to try and keep that momentum, try and keep that story going. But personally, you know, if you look at the teams that Deshaun Watson could go to, The Broncos are a good fit because they've got the youth and they've got the talent there. It's almost like you're changing the wheels on the bike a little bit. If you get it to the right point, then it's going to work. So, look, lads, if Mr. Biden opens the border and we get the Sean Watson, it it could be a very long year for me in Denver. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say.
2: I'll say that the 13 to 8 odds that you mentioned, it typically means 38% probability of it happening.
1: Oh, man. And now i'm getting my hopes up it's like you know it's like it's like you you ask your parents for a christmas present and you just hope that they, that they remember uh I, like look i i'm shocked because like in in terms of like the same like the main sports book for NFL developer here is sky bet um and in terms of other like players moves they've got jj watt going to the browns stuff like that there but there's no real standout bet and that that one on sean watson is the, the, the actual standout and that's the first time i've seen that so i'm shocked just, yeah.
2: just to get to let the listeners know bet fred and FanDuel both moved the broncos to the favorite late last week to plus 150 DraftKings has moved it to plus 400 and i've joked with adam when jeremy fowler made that report that the broncos were in where deshaun watson was intrigued by the broncos and i said this on on your guys's podcast when the draft when when that report came out, I wanted to get on DraftKings because they had him at plus twelve hundred to get Deshaun Watson, and I waited too long, and they had already moved it to plus five hundred, and now timing. it's plus four hundred.
0: It's all about timing. Come on, Ian, jump on it. All right, so you know I I will sort of second that before we move on here. The the sports books don't lose money. That's that's the other thing that that I think is really uh, if if they lost money, they'd be out of business. So they must know something and they, they do something right. Right. The house never loses that kind of deal. So that's the thing that that maybe helps us all get our hopes up. The problem with getting your hopes up is when you ask for that really nice bike at Christmas and you end up with a scooter. That's usually the disappointment right there. So hopefully or a
1: buddy outfit or a
0: buddy you don't want the it's bunny like out It's Our
1: value putting challenge in the Simpsons. it's whenever Bard asked for the, the game and he got the golf game and that's, he was all disappointed. That's, that's right. how I feel about this at the minute. But like seriously, nobody over like in terms of the analysts. So it like there is quite a big scene now for the NFL over here. We have our own channel, which is ridiculous. It's fantastic. Nobody's talking about the Broncos about Deshaun Watson. The Broncos have almost over here disappeared to the extent because if you're not a player over here now not really seen on TV that much, unless it's uh, primetime television in the States, so it has to be shown. No one's talking about the Broncos, so I think it would be a shock over here if we got him, and it would be like a game-changer for that division-wise. It would be unbelievable. I think Patrick Mahomes would be having a few sleepless nights, and it wouldn't be for his newborn baby. So.
0: And we'd be okay with that, too. Let him let him stay up at night. That's, that's fine. Let him stay up at night.
1: Alright, so we can't just talk about the
0: quarterback situation. I mean, we could. We could talk about the quarterback situation all day, but we probably shouldn't. <laughs> what are some other things that you see going on with the Broncos this off season that they either need to address that you hope that they will take care of? Um, you know, for example, the Justin Simmons situation, I think is, is a bit of a standout situation. What do, what do you see in that with what's going on with the Broncos just overall with, with their sort of off season situation?
1: I think going on your first point that Justin Simmons, I think if he isn't in a Broncos uniform by I was going to say week one. If he isn't confirmed to be in the Broncos uniform by the start of June, and I'm pushing it, I'm being quite prudent there. I think I'd be, I'd be as a fan, I'd be human. Like, you know, what more can he do, both on and off the field? He deserves give him whatever he wants. Um, I'd be very, I'd be, I would honestly be very disappointed if he didn't stay. I can understand if there was a better opportunity for him personally for himself, but as a, the team should find the way to keep him. Obviously, Peyton has one of the first calls he made was to simmons so you you would sort of hope that would happen and obviously the day of this recording uh, is when teams can start tagging so who knows i guess it remains to be seen uh i'll be one where i'd like to see shelby harris back but i'm just biased because everybody over here loves shelby harris but he's a great player anyway, like we're talking here and we talk there about the year we won the super bowl like there's Barely anybody left. We, we, like Simmons is, and you said it last week. And like Simmons probably is the leader of this team. No, I think that's a very fair point. He really is, and you need to keep guys like um, Shelby Harris as well. Now, in terms of the running game, I am concerned because all whispers would point to maybe Lindsay not getting another season, and that would make me think. You know what's What's the plan there? Are, are they going to draft somebody? You know, you're seeing guys, I mean, I wouldn't mind, uh, like, is it Najee Harris from Alabama coming in, something like that there, but, you know, like, you can't, like, I mean, the whole prospect of Lindsey, where he's from, what he's done for this team, the fact that he was undrafted, came in, I'd be I would be really annoyed if he wasn't playing for us next year. Like, I mean, I would prefer... I mean, maybe it's my heart talking over my head here. I would prefer to have Lindsay playing instead of a guy like Melvin Gordon. Don't don't get me wrong. I think, on paper, it's good to have those two guys, but it looks like Philip Lindsay. You know, I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, off the field, ownership. I, I don't want to say the old word. It's like a bit like saying Voldemort. but, I mean, it needs to be sorted. I'm presuming the Peyton's got the... The go ahead to hopefully be in that position after the takeover is over, or whatever. But it's it's a huge season both on and off the field for the Broncos. That's why I, that's why I would like to see some sort of consistency on the field, signs of improvement, regardless if we got the Sean Watson or not. But then also off the field, seeing some sort of movement there because I feel once that is then concluded, we can move on and and take it from there. And I'm hoping that all the dominoes fall into place. The big name that
2: is out there too is Von Miller. What happens with Von Miller? And it, it's so funny that we're doing this because it's literally what you guys asked me last week. And now I'm asking you, but what happens with Von Miller and the Broncos?
1: Honestly, I, I think he doesn't play another game for us. That's me being completely honest. I know. I know I'm saying it on this high Broncos country podcast. I am really concerned guys. Like I said, Philip Lindsay there and I, um, I just, something tells me a did is not going to get done. But then you see and he's deleted his Instagram posts and then he didn't. And it looks like he might be more focused now. I mean, it's all going to come down to money. I'm just, I'm, lads, look, I, if anybody like, knows me personally, I'm a real pessimist. I just don't. sound like it. Adam.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I am also a pessimist. This is true.
1: Should they find a way to keep him? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be a shame if he was to go. You can see him ended up in like Indianapolis or something, I think, and that's going to be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, that's he's he's definitely on the block, right? He, the, you know, he's one of those. when I mean, they they released AJ Boyer. Looks like Jarrell Casey's on the on the list of people who are potentially going to be cut. I, I think that that that's a cut that makes sense. Uh, and Von Miller's cap hit is is so big. Unless they restructure and they figure out a way to keep him in Denver, I, I think I'm kind of with you there, Michael. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see how he can stay in Denver uh, at at the price that he's at right now, and, and that is disappointing because I think most people in Broncos country would agree that he's the type of uh, player that you'd like to have spend his entire career in Denver and then retire as as a Bronco, and and he's he's meant so much to this franchise since the moment he was drafted that it would be a disappointment. But the other thing that you have to remember, and we all sort of you know go back to this, football's a business and the idea is to win games and and quite frankly, he's not winning football games for the Broncos right now. And if you can use that money and allocate it in places where they can can gain some wins, you have to look at it and you, you maybe you have to do it. I would be he would look weird in an Indianapolis like I was trying to picture him wearing 58 with like a blue colt Like that's backwards. You don't go backwards. Colts get older. You know, Broncos don't get younger. That's weird.
1: (laughs) And he's like, he's only he's only thirty one. Now I'm thirty on Friday, so you know I'd like to consider him young in that sense. But he's got another, like let's be prudent again. He's got another three or four years left in this league. Three years, let's say, medium there. Like he has another run in him if he can capture that form again. A guy like him, a guy that, that, you know, we will look back at him in 20, 25 years' time as, as the epitome of that generation. So for me, I, it would be unfortunate if he, if he went. And I would like to see him stay personally. And I don't want to throw the kitchen sink of him, but you know, give him whatever he wants, as long as it's acceptable to both the short-term um, and long-term goals of the franchise.
2: We've talked about potential moves they could make. In terms of the draft, is there something that you have in mind or or a player you would like them to get that uh, if they stay put at number nine, if they don't use that pick to to get Deshaun Watson?
1: The pessimist to me again thinks that the Broncos will trade down. Um, I'm I'm joking. It's just anytime I set up I remember the first time, I can't remember what year it was, the first time I set up to watch the draft. I, I like, you know, first like, I'm not an American. I'm watching the draft going, so what is this? Like what's going on here? Oh yeah, finally and and oh they trade it down. So that means I've set up for three hours and it's 3 a.m. Okay, right. But um, I think this is the year where the Broncos, if they don't trade up, <laughs> they need to stay at nine again. It all fell into place last year when we got Judy, and it worked out very, very well. You know, like, I'm not going to lie, I was buzzing when that happened. Time will tell if that was the right move or not, long term. Um, i like to see us get a guy like, is it uh, Caleb Farley? Caleb is the first name from, is it Virginia Tech quarterback? If we did stay at nine, I mean, you're looking at a guy that um, he's built like a, I don't want to say the word a, a brick house. We'd say over here. He's he's a, he's got huge size in that sense, but he looks very comfortable in what he can do as well. Now, I the only thing I'd say about him, and I might be wrong, is he sat out the last season. Now, I know for a, like there's a lot of players that didn't play last year because of COVID or like it, like looking at the like even looking at the quarterbacks, the top five quarterbacks in the draft. Two or three of them only played one or two games last season. So it's an, it's an issue across the board. But looking at a guy like Farley, he's got very good balance of control and you could see him use his speed as well. And that's something that we need, I think, and it's something that we've been missing for a while. So if I was sitting, if I was Peyton, was, it's was weird to even say this, if I was Peyton and, and, and not Elway sitting at nine, I would go for a guy like Farley, try and get that um, edge back on the team. Yeah,
0: that's a, that's a good direction. Would you... Are there positions that you're concerned about that you would like them to address either through free agency and or the draft uh that are not quarterback? Again, I always gonna preface it with that that are not quarterback, right? Because that's where we are right now. But is there are there a few positions that you look at and go, okay, this is a position group that has to be focused on?
1: Um I, th- I think I think it's interesting in that sense. The only one that really stands out to me at the minute because I'm just trying to like I'm very sort of like biased like, you know, towards the offense. Running back, I think if you have a situation there, obviously there's 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 issues with Melvin Gordon off the field at the minute. Philip Lindsay obviously has been has been talking as well. If it's free agency, it was the draft. I think I think running back is going to be very important for this team. You know, get that consistency, you know. We need a running back that can help not just in first down or second down, but on all three downs. So, if we need to bring somebody in in that sense, yeah, I'm going to go back. Then I know I'm going to you know violate your question there, but quarterback <laughs> like we need to bring like we need to bring like somebody in if they need to bring somebody in the stick around the draft <laughs> I mean I hope it doesn't come to that but uh, I mean who knows what's gonna happen and um, I would be shocked um I can't wait to see I'm just being personally I can't wait to see where Mac Jones lands in the draft
0: I think I saw a mock Maybe today around. that put Mac Jones at Carolina like the Carolina drafted him which I think I would like that because that would mean that they did not trade for Deshaun Watson, and so I'm <laughs> like, I'm good on that. That makes me happy.
1: Something tells me Pittsburgh.
0: Oh, oh,
1: I, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Which means Ben Roethlisberger is
1: well, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's in for some amount of the money next year, but look, look. That's the beauty of it. Like, this is probably the best. I mean, said this last weekend. Probably one of the best Broncos off seasons in years, just because there's something to talk about every day. Like, I know there always is in the off-season, but this year there really is. Like, we're, we're almost spoiled because there's that many storylines and even though, and that's the intriguing thing about this sport, we don't have a game for nine months almost and probably a very laid-back or stretched-back off-season in terms of training camp, OTAs and stuff. Like, it's going to be intriguing and I I just can't wait. Let's get free agency started and see what Peyton does.
2: So let's get back to the quarterback. Let's put you on the spot.
0: Yeah, you already violated my question, so let's...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who takes the first snap at quarterback for the Denver Broncos in the 2021 regular season? Deshaun Watson. Ooh. Ooh, I like it.
1: Yeah,
0: I do like it. I do like that. That's that's pretty cool stuff. Okay. All right. Okay, so... I want to change – can we change gears? Can we switch from football to a little something different? It's still football, but I I want to ask you a question. You kind of laid out sort of how you got interested in football, how you became a a fan of American football, and and sort of the progress there, the progression there. I'm curious to know because I, I would say that the thing that is most fascinating to me is sort of the rise of your presence in the, in the world of the NFL. And I, and I mean that with, with all deference and, and appreciation for what you do, because it is sort of fascinating to me to have a bunch of dudes from Europe, right? You've mm-hmm. got, you've got Broncos Europe, you've got Broncos France, you've got, you know, NFL, you know, you know, England, you got all these other places. Right. And you guys all have this sort of community that you've created. How, how did that sort of come about? And then it's, it's built itself into what you call, you know, you have the Irish NFL show, this is something that I think maybe it just popped onto my radar in the last year or two, but it feels like you guys have really sort of hit on something that people are looking for or or are hungry for.
1: I I really appreciate what you're saying there. Like I can't take a lot of the credit. So basically like me and a few other guys started the English version of Broncos Europe. And then it just became evident, like, you know, you can't really call yourself Broncos Europe if, You focus on one part of Europe. I'm sure that part of Europe is technically leaving Europe, and that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) Politics are scary.
0: Don't get into politics now.
1: (laughs) Oh, believe me. I'm from Ireland. I mean, politics is literally this country. Um, Spain, France, Italy, Germany. um, I knew the guy that was in charge of Broncos, España, great guy, Josevi from uh, Valencia, great guy. There's maybe 500,000 fans in Spain. Germany, there's anywhere from five to ten thousand Broncos fans. Uh, this might sound crazy, but it's I'm being completely serious. There's three or four fan groups. Uh Italy shocks me. There must be a thousand, but I mean like hardcore Broncos fans. They stay up to all hours of the game. There's a group on Telegram, if I don't go on it for two days, fifteen thousand messages. I'm not even joking, it's insane. Uh we're getting to the point now where I'm actually forgetting about the countries that we have. You know, it, it, it's, it's great. Uh, France, there's some really good, like good people involved. So like, it's, a re- it's a real joint effort. And we all sort of just decided, so I was like, look, if I help out with the content, if we can get shows out uh, in different languages at the weekend, let's do it. And it's just really worked out. and It's been a blessing and we've partnered up with friends from Brazil now as well. So it helps us get people with um obviously from Portugal as well. So, it, you know, we've almost, You know, talk over Europe in that sense, but so it's going to be good for a game. I think that's when we're really going to see the benefit. And whenever COVID's over, we're planning. I'm hoping to have a meet up in Milan or or in Madrid this year. Most likely Milan because of the fans and where it's situated. But going back to your original question, like you know, it seems like we've almost popped up. Yeah, I mean, like it's the internet. Because in the '80s in Ireland, I mean, like the Americans sent tapes, videotapes over. Uh, and the people here would watch the game eight days after it aired because, you know, that's what Ireland was like. You know, Ireland's very sort of backwards in a sense. It's only sort of catching up now. It um, would have been the same in the UK, and then it almost died off because, it, because of because of NFL Europe, almost dying off to that extent. Um, it's the internet. Like, you know, I sat as a 14-year-old, and it took me <laughs> 45 minutes to download, Hey, i outcast, you know, and now you can stream whatever you want in seconds. Uh, you can, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I can see you boys laughing there, but I remember trying to stream football or soccer, and, you know, it would be, uh, you're young. I don't know <laughs> that you ever had
0: a dial up modem. I'm not sure that I feel like your, oh, your yeah. plight is as bad as ours.
1: <laughs> D- dial up. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm in between that sort of generation. Yeah, I'm oh, on dial up, like it, like dial up in the countryside in Ireland. I mean, like that's why I never got into the game until like, like near 2009, 2010, because, there was no infrastructure there, but it goes across the whole of Europe. And I think that's why it matters now, because we obviously have game pass over here. We can watch whatever we want in that sense. And then you got the zone and all these different countries for fans. So it's great. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing a London game, I'd, honestly, at full capacity. I'd rather wait and see it happen. But there's no reason why you couldn't have 20, 25,000 Broncos fans at a London game if it was done properly. But the one problem that you have there is obviously the way... In which the team plays so if the team is doing well it wouldn't be an issue but of course that's one thing you can sadly see over here is at the minute that um engagements or maybe participation has been done a little because it hasn't been great over the last few years but when we beat the Panthers, <laughs> we probably could have had a ridiculous party in london in a stadium or something but now it's like the drafts all in like, oh, okay. but those times will come back
0: Well, go to Milan. I'll join you. I think that'll be fun.
1: Yeah, sounds good.
2: (laughs) Is there a team that's going to move to London in the foreseeable future? And it it seems to be that a lot of people think it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. But what's the talk over there? And and, and is it something that you think is going to happen in the near future?
1: Um, And I... First of all, I don't think London deserves the team. I think it's shocking. I remember whenever the Premier League over here said that they were going to have the 39th game in New York, there was uproar to the point where teams were threatening to pull out of the league and it was scrapped immediately. So I, I don't think we deserve more. I'm saying we, but I'm from Ireland, but like it's a whole European thing, I guess. We don't deserve a game. You know, London doesn't deserve four games. Europe deserves, Germany deserves games in Munich or Berlin. Ireland deserves a game in Cook Park, France, in the Stade de France. The reality is, there's never going to be a team, probably, in the sense where the Jaguars move to London. I just can't, like, I mean, there's obviously that whole situation where they've got that lot, the part, the lot, J or whatever, and it's all coming up to votes with the council, whatever, in Jacksonville. I, I, I could see them moving somewhere else on the East Coast. I just can't see how... London would get a team, and it's 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 almost about the the fact, you know, how do you work it out? I mean, let us say it happens. Like, how can you have a team in London that play? <laughs> let's say four games in London, four away games. Like maybe going to the West Coast for four games. Where are they based? Where are their families based? And let's say it all works out. Like the NFL done a great job this year. Let's say we get to January and they're in the AFC, and you get to the AFC Championship game on CBS at eight twenty Eastern, which is one twenty AM in London and the game's in Wembley. I mean <laughs> You know, I, I think I think you know, honestly what's more realistic and you, you might laugh at this, but I think it might happen in my lifetime and I I, I reckon I have an hour fifty years still so left, hopefully. I reckon we could see a Super Bowl. In the sense, why not have a Super Bowl at nine o'clock at night, which is four or five Eastern, which might not it might sound nuts to you boys, but why not? Like, why not have that aim? I just can't see a London thing happening because, you know, they, they, they need to build the game up over here. I think you're going to get to the point now where there's obviously going to be a huge boom for the game when COVID ends here, and um, whether that's this year or next year. And everyone will start talking about the game. But the reality is, if this whole 17th game happens, there's no reason why London can't have a good slate of games every year. And let's be honest, the teams don't have a choice. So the Packers will be eventually playing in London. They have never played in London. That would be the best of both worlds. If the Jaguars came to London, the best way I can put this behind annoying the NFL UK, who are great, um, would be this. I wouldn't support them. Why would I support the Jaguars? That, like, if, if somebody moved an NFL team to Boulder, would you guys start supporting them?
0: No. Why would they? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, of course not, because we're Bronco fans. So why... You're, I get what you're saying. You're already talking. You've got fan bases over there already. You're, now you're trying to force a team on different fan bases. I, I get what you're saying with that. And also, we have the Buffaloes in Boulder. You know, let's see you Buffs. Go Buffs! Uh, so
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: shoulder shoulder <laughs> like, to shoulder, I'll, I'll, people.
1: I'll say one thing though, right? Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars. I mean, okay, okay, yeah. Why not? I mean, if it's gonna go okay for a few years, bring them over. Yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, I went to the Jaguars against the Texans two years ago. Oh man, no. That wasn't for me. Two hundred and
0: forty-five pound for a ticket. Ooh, okay, that hurt yeah. because that's like just you know, it's a it's a dollar. I think the exchange rate's a dollar forty for a pound right now. So you can do the math on that because I can't. But uh, it it feels like a lot. the The other th- question you brought up the Super Bowl holding one in London. I thought I think that's a really interesting point. Would that be the, a, a really good way for the NFL to introduce sort of the NFL? Not and not to say that obviously Europe knows about the NFL and obviously we have we have games that are played in in Europe all the time like, you know except for the last few years because of COVID and whatnot. But would that be a good way to sort of sort of build up that that sort of feeling towards the NFL and then maybe you end up with not necessarily a team that moves but instead an expansion team? Like would that be a, a way that you would get more support or do you think it would need to be a team not necessarily the Jaguars but another team that would move? Uh to Europe. That's like a nine part question, sorry.
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. And Joe, you know, I just realized when you're talking there, I think I probably came across as obnoxious or rude. I, I've obviously said I don't think London deserves a team. I'm more than happy for the Premier League or anything like that there to play in America. Of course, it's like the world's a big place. People are entitled over they live in San Francisco or they live in Ireland, support whoever they want. So, you know, I have no issue with it personally. Um I mean it would be interesting to see what happens. I, I think that's Super Bowl in London is is a long way away. It would be an interesting way to bring people into the game because you would be amazed at the uh, level of interest. At I mean, Super Bowl starts at eleven thirty over here in the evening. You would be amazed at the level of interest over here. It surprised me. It's the highest viewing figures in thirty five years this year, obviously because of COVID for the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, I mean, like it's the sort of thing where yeah, it could help people come into the game. But for me, I just think having it on more tv stations so for example in ireland i I personally think the national broadcaster should have its own Super Bowl coverage they don't and and that that should be the way because every other european country does so i think it's going to take time but with the internet with the growth of the game and the fact that you know soccer in itself is becoming too expensive both on and off the field i think the nfl is in for a massive growth in the same way which i think the mls will eventually take over baseball in the states Eventually. Let's talk
0: about it. <laughs> You're talking to some baseball fans <laughs> here. Hang on,
1: now, <laughs> boys. I'm, I'm I'm literally joking. Don't worry. Okay.
2: <laughs> you mentioned hurling at the top. When we had Colum on, he was talking about how incredible and remarkable and awesome this and insane and insane the sport is. Do you feel the same way and and is hurling this this thing that Americans need to check out if they haven't seen it?
1: Colin's gonna kill me. But um you, you get two types of Gaelic sports. You got football, you got hurling. Okay, so hurling with sticks, if anybody hasn't heard of it before, with sticks and people just go mad and basically we say beat each other but beat each other with sticks. And uh, you're going to either be, so there's 32 counties in Ireland and for, forget about the border and stuff, there's 32 counties and each county is either a hurling county or a football county. I'm from a football county. So for me, it's all about football, but I love hurling. don't get me wrong. I would tell people to check out both because it's great. Um, Both have their own edge. You know, you, you would have people in Ireland that would watch that over any other sport. They would look at the NFL and think it's a joke. They would look at rugby as well and think it's a joke. And they would also look at soccer and think it's a joke and go down. There's no sport for me like this. Um, but I recommend anybody check it out. You know, I'm lucky that my county, Tyrone, is quite similar to the Broncos because they had this unbelievable player in his sort of mid to late 30s at the start of the century uh, who won a couple of championships and retired. So very similar to that there. hurling's class. I mean, if anybody ever comes over to Dublin, go to the park. Go to a game if you can because I can't describe it. That's why we deserve a, a London game in dublin because we've got a stadium that's 87 and a half thousand and one of the stands is a small hill so if they built that properly it would be 120,000 Um and so yeah that's me being biased hurling's class football's better
0: hurling's class football's better now column did describe hurling uh, i'm i'm gonna mess it up and he can tweet at me and yell at me i don't really care he described it i believe it was a mixture between was it field hockey and murder? Is that how he described it, Ian? It, yes. It involved murder. I can't remember the other sport. I feel like field hockey because of sticks and balls and things like that. Does that, does that sound about right?
1: I've, this is the thing. Like, I, I should be able to describe the sport in terms of trying to compare it to something, but it, it, it sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it, it is. Imagine like a, like a more slimmed-down baseball bat. But they're like, it's you're and you're just wrecking boys. That's, that's the reality of it. But Colin always going to say that because Colin's a Cork man and Column thinks Cork is almost like the capital of Ireland, but he'll never say it publicly. So there's a whole <laughs> different thing there, but uh, yeah, he's pretty much on the ball. <laughs>
0: awesome. That's awesome. All right. Um, We, we talked about, I think we talked a little bit about sort of like your, you know, your show and, and some of your favorite guests and things like that. Well, who's, who's the top of your list when it because you you have had some great success I, and I say that again I say that because it's true. Who's at the top of your list? Who's the person that you had on that made you go, okay, I, I can't believe we just accomplished that. Like for us, it's <laughs> Steve Atwater, right? We've had Steve Atwater on the show, or at least for me, it's Steve Atwater because it's, it's Steve Atwater. But yeah. who, who's the guy? Like who or the, or the person? Anybody?
1: I tell you what, like I'll just say, Steve is fantastic. Doesn't matter if you're in. China or Ireland or America, he he makes time for anybody. He's fantastic. Um, well, um god, that, that's a really good question. Um, you're probably going to laugh at this, right? But like Scott Hansen's a god over here. Like a god. Like my he, like my wife knows who is. You know that's to that point. I mean that was incredible. But I guess the one time when we were like, how did we do that? how did we pull that off it probably would be Jim Kelly like I don't know how <laughs> especially in the year that Buffalo have had like you know how do we manage or pull that one off um, because usually now like, like it sounds like I, I don't want to sound cocky or arg- I, I'm really not like I get to the point now where it's like you know okay this person's coming on grand that, that's grand so we just sit there you don't even think about it you don't get nervous you just do it because you have the questions so like for example when's the podcast going out uh, tomorrow morning uh, like, okay right so we we got this guy coming on this weekend from nfl network right so like i'd say six months ago i'd be like oh my god like what what, what are we going to ask him here where now it's just like yeah you just okay yeah how are you exaggerate? um so for me like when when jim kelly came on i was like oh boy this is <laughs> you're like wow he actually logged on like so he's on hold on he's on the zoom call right okay um, but do you know what? Like I like he's an absolute gentleman and anybody that like we've been very fortunate. Like I, I genuinely think, boys, that there's no secret here. We've just played the Irish card the whole time. Like and <laughs> you should play like it all the time.
0: I mean play it. We should start playing it. <laughs> Can we play the Irish card? Is that a thing? Like
1: <laughs> but this is the thing. Like Tom Brady's great I hate saying that word in this podcast, but Tom Brady's great great grandfather is well it has roots or was from about an hour down the road for me so like we're gonna try and play that at some point never gonna happen in a million years but um I think like it's it's been a blessing it's actually made it's it's, it's allowed us to really open up our knowledge of the game as well because there's one thing for me like saying you know oh, I started watching the game here but it's been great for me to even you know branch out from the Broncos and try and discover different things about different teams as well because it makes me realize how, how great of a franchise the brokers are and you know that we you know we, we will eventually get back to where we've been um mike singletary as well was pretty cool i looking at, like he was i didn't know he was irish he was pretty <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry that was well i'm sorry i'm sorry
1: <laughs> <laughs> well uh, no we, no but like we ask everybody in the show it goes on have you any irish heritage and he just started laughing <laughs> and he's <was> like no <laughs> so it was funny but uh yeah, no, he's he's been great. Like you know, anybody that's came on has been great and it's 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 always good to see somebody just take it to take they just, just take a chance because if you ask somebody the worst they can say isn't no at the end of the day. So it's been a blessing. Really looking forward to seeing what we can do with it this season, next season, and honestly I hope hopefully we'll be in Denver in September and LA in February. That's the hope.
2: Who is your dream
1: guest? Elw. There's no I would love. To have, sorry, you just full name, Mister John Elway, on the show at some point, point. and you know what? Like, it would, that will probably be where I do it in Broncos Europe because it, I was feeling horrible if we'd done it on a different show that wasn't Broncos oriented. But it would be great. Like, I understand he's obviously taking a step back. That would be a dream interview at some point. Um, like, I know you guys are talking about Steve there. Like, I mean, when when Steve came on for us, he he was amazing, and he he's just a gentleman. Yeah, I think he sat for over an hour, like, like and talked to us, but. Got to get Elway. Elway will be the one, and hopefully, please God, over the next few years, he'll uh, see sense to come on. So, anybody that knows John Elway and wants to, you know, tell him that we'll happily send a crate of Guinness over anywhere he's want, anywhere or whiskey or anything.
0: I'm I'm sure he'd be happy to sit and have a whiskey with you. I would as well. Uh, right. I I gotta say we are we really appreciate you coming on, Michael. It's, it's been phenomenal. We we love doing this. Like I was telling Ian in the last show. I love this season. This is interview season for us, right? During the season, we don't get to do as many interviews because we're, you know, plugging away at talking about the games and going over what happened. And so during the offseason, we get to have people on. And this is your first adventure on our show. This is our 300th episode. And so uh, it's, it's been a fun one. It's been a blast. I'm, I'm glad you could join us today.
1: Man, look, I'm blessed to hear I'm on the 300th episode. But I, like, I'm not just speaking for me, but for I guess for Broncos here, we we appreciate what you guys have, you know, done for us and support over the last. This is our fifth season, and now I feel even worse because Adam, we haven't had you on yet. So it have to happen this season. <laughs>
0: like I said, just a guy, just a guy.
1: I feel <laughs> <laughs> horrible now, no, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely bring you on. And look, we and Ian as well. We 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 appreciate your help and support, lads, and obviously looking forward to the time we can all be back in denver again hopefully we can all meet up and do something together uh please god in september that's dope. you've been listening to mile high report radio get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com and as always go broncos